Scraping your tongue has many benefits. And even if you, you are using mouthwash, especially if you're using mouthwash, if you take down the oral microbiome, your breath may smell minty for five, 10 minutes of using the mouthwash, but then it goes back to its normal state. Killing those bacteria is bad, but scraping the back of the tongue allows the oral microbiome to do its job. Again, you're not removing a biofilm, you're helping it start over again by just disrupting it and cleaning it. And then those bugs start producing NO, and NO actually production will suppress bad breath. Hi, everyone. Dr. B here. Again, thank you for joining me on another episode of Ask the Dentist. I'm your host, and I have been on the road a lot lately. I apologize. Uh, I flew down to Los Angeles to do a podcast with my friend Drew and also met Max Lugavier for the first time, did, a, did an episode with him. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about bad breath, mouthwash, high blood pressure, how it all starts in the mouth. Now, that should be of no surprise to you that I'm saying that. And we've been talking about on, on this platform for a long time about a study. Actually, there were several studies, uh, late 2010, and then some more recent studies on tongue scraping. The, the first early studies being on this relationship between mouthwash and high blood pressure. I'm glad that People like Dr. Perlmutter, Max Lugavere, Daru Perot, uh, a, a lot of other influencers and physicians, other dentists are getting on the bandwagon. And that is that if you take away mouthwash, your health will improve. Just that notion alone. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and just some of the, uh, again, small bites here today on this connection. Just some actionable stuff you can do. I give a lot of nutritional advice as it relates to oral health, and in reality, we all know it's difficult to follow this advice when working or on the go and or all while raising a family. This is why I'm always looking for healthy food that can actually fit into this modern lifestyle. This is why I'm so glad I found Paleo Valley, founded by a husband and wife team, yes, and with kids, they understand this dilemma. Paleo Valley offers healthy snacks and foods that nourish your teeth and gums. Their meat sticks are a fantastic source of nutrients like vitamin K2, which is known for its ability to promote healthy teeth and bones. Vitamin K2 helps protect against tooth decay, strengthens tooth enamel, and supports gum health. Their superfood bars are based on collagen-rich proteins, and I'm a big fan of their chocolate-flavored whey protein. Two scoops every morning. All my boxes get checked with Paleo Valley, pastured, grass-fed, organic, gluten-free, GMO-free, and more. My family also uses their electrolytes, mushroom blends, and supplements. My grandchildren approve of my good taste and advice on this topic. Whew. Don't wait any longer to transform your oral health. Join me and the Paleo Valley family today and experience the difference that natural, nutrient-dense foods can make. Your teeth gums, and taste buds will thank you. Remember, oral health is not just about brushing and flossing. It is fundamentally about feeding and nourishing your oral microbiome. Go to paleovalley.com slash askthedentist. All Ask the Dentist listeners and followers will get 15% off. First of all, get rid of mouthwash. Just get rid of it altogether. Don't look for an alternative to the mouthwashes that I'm going to discuss that are bad for you, that create blood pressure issues, health issues. 
just get rid of mouthwash. It's something you don't need to spend time doing. It's uh, money you don't need to spend. Just swishing with water or salt water. If you want to do that, that's fine. Baking soda is something I often recommend. That's fine, but it's nowhere near as good as scraping your tongue, flossing, brushing your teeth, using the right toothpaste. Just get rid of that product, that category of oral health product. Just, just, just remove it from your, your consciousness. You don't need it. Swishing with water. Any liquid is not as good as the mechanical touching the gums, massaging the gums, flossing, breaking that biofilm, dropping in between the teeth. Mouthwash just doesn't get into the nooks and crannies. I'm sorry. Now, if you have braces with metal wires and brackets, whether they're composite, plastic brackets, resin brackets, or stainless steel, then vigorous swishing with salt water, something pretty innocuous, oil pulling, for example, with braces. There's something to be said about that. And I'm going to finish with that. Probably just talk about oil pulling. Oil pulling has way more benefit than mouthwash. But okay, so where does this all come from? Studies in a decade, decade and a half ago, connecting the use of a bactericidal mouthwash. That's pretty much every single mouthwash. We've got detergents, emulsifiers on the soft end, on the least damaging end, and then we've got alcohol, very strong essential oils, eucalyptus oil being one of the major EOs in mouthwash. Probably not going to mention names. I usually do, but I'm just going to... It's enough just to tell you how bad mouthwash is. Uh, And essential oils, also triclosan. There's a... Can't remember now, prixidine, cytidine, cytidine, prixidine. It's almost a herbicide, sorry, pesticide. It has that kind of mechanism. I mean, they uh, soaps... Alcohol is is typically one. There's also one that dentists recommend, and that is chlorhexidine. There have been plenty of studies that compare compare chlorhexidine to a hydroxyapatite. That's just the mineral in water, mouthwash, and and the results are the same. This prescription strength, which now I think you can get over the counter at a lesser dilution. It's very cytotoxic, chlorhexidine. It stains your teeth. We used to use it and still do after gum surgery. It's kind of like a liquid toothbrush. It disinfects the wound area where the sutures are so that there's no inflammation and that healing goes well. It's debatable whether the uh, the cons and the pros don't cancel each other out. I, I stopped using that a long time ago and I've had plenty of success. I used to do guided tissue regeneration, grafting using porous membranes, all of that. And we did it all without chlorhexidine. So what do we do? I mean, when I say don't use mouthwash, a lot of people are thinking, well, okay, well, then what mouthwash should I use? And again, just get that category out of your head. You don't need it. A lot of us are habitually addicted to that feeling, that burn, that cleansing feel, the minty fresh breath, which lasts all of 10 minutes. Here's the irony. The bacteria that are taken down in population, again, these are bactericidal, bacteria-killing compounds that are in mouthwash, the bacteria come back within 10, 20 minutes. 
maybe an hour or two. It depends on the bacteria, whether it's anaerobic or aerobic and other things as well. There are also some viruses that can get taken down. Typically, they're not as susceptible to mouthwashes, which is a whole COVID conversation and that pre, that uh, rinse, that pre-rinse that a lot of us are used to now since COVID. All of these bactericidals take down the oral microbiome, this this organism that lives inside of us, like the gut microbiome. You've heard me talk about the oral microbiome a lot. Part of it, one of the microniches is on the back of the tongue, underneath this furry layer on the tongue. Think of a meadow with mushroom, and underneath the mushroom caps are bacteria, and these bacteria actually convert nitrate, which is in a beet or most vegetables, but higher in beets, arugula is a great example. And it breaks it down to nitrite. And that's the building block for this wonderful gas, nitric oxide, which we're going to talk a little bit about as well. And that gas, literally, if it's absent, could allow your blood pressure to go up. If it is present, it can drop your blood pressure because this gas, okay, what is NO? NO is a, it's a signaling molecule. It's a gas. It has a very short existence. It lasts for I think it's two milliseconds, less than a second, and it's gone. So you have to keep reproducing it. It's also an endogenous prebiotic. It helps the oral microbiome, the bugs in the mouth, do their job and sustains them, gives them substance to do their job. It nourishes them. It, again, it's a signaling molecule. It is all over the body. Parts of the body are actually producing it before age 40. We are endothelial cells, the cells that line our arterial vessels produce it. After 40, we produce less of that. It's the big, it's a, a sign or symptom of aging. Unfortunately, some researchers use the amount of nitric oxide that your body can produce as a sign or a, a gauge of, of where you are in terms of biological age. So, but the good news is that the oral microbiome is still making nitric oxide on the back of your tongue given you're not using mouthwash, given that you're tongue scraping and that you you do not have a dysbiosis of the oral microbiome. And again, considering that it has such a short life, two milliseconds, two or three, two and a half milliseconds, we need to keep making this stuff. NO, nitric oxide, not nitrous oxide. Don't, that that's a different gas that dentists use to make your appointment more palatable. It is responsible for increasing blood flow to all the organs and tissues. It also reduces inflammation. It also reduces oxidative stress and destruction of tissue, like in gum disease. And also it helps boost the immune, uh, the immune system, uh, keeps it, keeps it going, helps it. So again, without nitric oxide production, let's, let's assume you're using mouthwash, which twice a day, which two thirds of us are in this country. And then two thirds of us also have some, some degree of blood pressure issues, high blood pressure. No, no coincidence there. Then you're going to have decreased blood flow to all your organs and to tissues and, and tissues with a very small, actually not small, but a very small diameter blood supply, like your kidneys, coronary arteries. A great example are the gums. The gums have a very small microvasculature. And as soon as the blood pressure goes up and you're lacking NO and you don't dilate those blood vessels so that the blood flow can get to those peripheral tissues or peripheral blood vessels that perfuse, I think that's the word, or at least give blood to these extremities, tissues, organs, 
then those organs will slowly die. They can't, the immune, the immune system is not active. The body's defenses are not active and the body's way of feeding this tissue is, is, is just down. It's not present if you're not getting blood to the area. Also, let's say you have a bad sepsis infection and you need to get antibiotic to that area. You need a good blood flow to that area. So again, decrease blood flow to organs and tissues without NO inflammation that will be on the rise. Oxidative stress and destruction, immune dysfunction. Again, these are kind of markers of chronic disease. But if you, if I were to read through that list again, if you're a dentist, for example, maybe even if you're just someone who has had experience with gum disease, you would recognize the hallmarks of gum disease. So again, NO has a big, a big, plays a big role in, in oral health, uh, not just systemic health. So uh, there's a lot of talk. By the way, there's a there's a researcher that to me is the expert in this. I'd love to get him on the show. I'm going to reach out to him. He's a PhD, Nathan Bryan. I think he's out of Texas. And he has products that I'm going to recommend. Uh, I'll put in the show notes, beet lozenges. I would start there if you want to up your if you want to up your potential for the oral microbiome manufacturing more of this uh, nitric oxide. But anyway, uh, he talks a lot about NO in so many great ways. He does say that erectile dysfunction is the canary in the coal mine for, for low NO. And, and I agree with that. And this is happening more and more, especially in young men, but also it's also disease of the clitoris and female erections. It, really is happening at, at at ages now from what i'm reading at in early 40s late 30s and this is indicative of our addiction to products especially oral care products that knock down this ability to to make no it's also an indication of that transition or that loss of being able to make it through our our, our, our cardiovascular system and then that transference of the ability or the continuing of the ability of the oral microbiome to supply us with NO. But again, if we're not using the right products and taking care of our mouth, that, that, that continuation of NO, it drops off precipitously. So anyway, uh, but anyway, he talks about ED as being the coal, the canary in the coal mine. I agree with that, but I would say there is another canary in the coal mine. We can have two canaries in a coal mine, you know, if they both keel over. Then we know something's up. If one kills over, that's still a canary in the coal mine indicator, warning sign. And that is gum disease, inflammation to the gums. Again, that microvasculature, poor vasodilation, not getting enough blood to that area. There's an immune response. You've got an infection. Uh, you've knocked down your oral microbiome. You have an oral microbiome dysbiosis. You're getting a lot of cavities and the gums are inflamed. And over time, being an acute, sorry, being a chronic disease, it can also be acute, but being a chronic disease, long-term disease that we see in teenagers, uh, we see it a lot in young adults after age 20, You, you, it leads to gum recession, deeper pockets, breakdown of the epithelial attachment, these little fibers that grab hold of, it's a girdle of collagen and tissue that seals off this inanimate object that breaks through the jawbone and that needs that area needs protecting, but it breaks down and you also have permeability of the oral mucosa due to the emulsifiers and detergents in your mouthwash toothpaste could come from other sources as well. But anyway, this, this is, I think the canary in the coal mine. And again, this is another example of dentistry being able to see disease early on in, in the course 
of its trajectory, sleep apnea being the other one. So again, we see this early on and the same thing is happening to the tissue in, in the penis. I mean, that again, that very small microvasculature that that's how you get an erection blood flow goes to the area but if those if, the, if those channels are not open or if you're not able to dilate those blood vessels well enough there there isn't an erection or the erection isn't the way it should be and again i'm talking about 20 and 30 year olds so sad but but uh but a reality unfortunately along with low sperm count but we won't go there anyway so okay so NO keeps the blood vessels supple. It allows you to uh, perfuse all these tissues well with blood. It uh, helps with the sexual uh, performance or, or erections. Yeah, it helps with your sex life. And a lot of this has to do with this pathway of converting nitrate to nitrate sorry, nitrate to nitrite and then to NO. And there's a synthase enzyme. It's called the NO, nitric oxide synthase. It's an enzyme that is on the back of the tongue. It is also, the reason I brought it up, it's also present in the nasal mucosa and the epithelial cells. So this is why, and well, this is why nose breathing is so important. And this is another reason why I recommend mouth taping. Why not activate those cells, get them online, get the nasal mucosa moist, get those little cilia that these little hairs that beat that wave back and forth at 16 times per minute and get this conveyor belt of bugs and biomes working so that we can produce NO. So nose breathing produces NO as well. Just just think about that a little bit. When could we sit down and nose breathe for six, seven, eight hours straight while we're sleeping. Anyway, uh, that's, an, that's all I'm going to say about that. Hi, Dr. B here with a new product discovery that I am very excited to be using now in my daily regimen. Probably the most undervalued aspect of oral health boils down to the health of our saliva. And hydration plays a huge role in our body's ability to produce saliva. The oral biofilm, which supports the oral microbiome, experiences dynamic cycles of D and rehydration due to our choices of beverages, medications we are taking, and even to how we breathe. And for our saliva glands to produce enough saliva, about a liter and a half a day, the body has to be adequately hydrated. After all, saliva is 99.5% water. Saliva also contains sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which activates the saliva and allows it to do its job, and that is to support the oral microbiome. This is why I add these exact minerals in a very specific ratio to my drinking water daily. And the best way I have found to accomplish this is by adding a packet of Element. Make sure your saliva is available to function at its best. Go to the link drinklmnt.com slash askthedentist for a free gift and a chance to sample all of Element's flavor choices. Staying hydrated isn't just about body health or for athletes. It's also for anyone that wants to achieve long-lasting oral health and a healthy and vibrant smile. Again, the link to easy and optimal hydration is drinklmnt.com slash askthedentist. Okay, let's talk about a tongue scraping study. I think Nathan, the researcher I mentioned uh, with the PhD, I think he is an author, uh, one of the authors of this study. And this came out recently, and this really got me very, very excited. 
because it kind of reinforces the whole high blood pressure thing based on knocking down the oral microbiome. So if you take away mouthwash and then scrape your tongue, which we recommend here at Acid Dentist for a variety of reasons, but it's mostly about helping the oral microbiome, keeping it healthy, preventing a dysbiosis, which could spread to other micro niches in the mouth that cause cavities and gum disease. Scraping your tongue has many benefits. Again, that, that meadow of mushrooms with bacteria underneath it, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, mulchy, goldfish, saltine crackers kind of foods, it can it can be anything processed, anything in the bag, anything that's been made better by man or enriched is a word you should stay away from or look for. The bacteria start that NO synthase pathway doesn't work very well. The nitrate to nit sorry nitrate to nitrite pathway is blunted a little bit, stunted, and then the, those the oral microbiome underneath that that tongue layer, and sometimes you can see that layer if you can't if you're tongue doesn't look pink and fleshy and it's got a coating on it that's that's kind of what you need to scrape off then these bugs that are not doing well they're not commensal they're not symbiotic anymore the oral microbiome is dysbiotic the good bugs are not doing well they're not able to modulate the bad bugs as well the bad bugs come up in population the populations change that causes bad breath and even if you, you are using mouthwash, especially if you're using mouthwash, if you take down the oral microbiome, your breath may smell minty as, as long as, I mean, for within five, 10 minutes of using the mouthwash, it could be a mint, for example, but then it goes back to its normal state. Killing those bacteria is bad, but scraping the back of the tongue allows the oral microbiome to do its job. Again, you're not removing a biofilm, you're helping it start over again by just disrupting it and cleaning it. And then those bugs start producing NO, and NO actually production will suppress bad breath. It will, you won't be producing the ammonia. Uh, I think it's an ammonia dioxide. Don't quote me on that. It's ammonia products. From there come the sulfur, sulfide bonds. And so if you are not scraping your tongue or if you're using mouthwash or both, then the oral microbiome, because it's dysbiotic, is going to be very busy making those very strong-smelling compounds, and hence you will have bad breath. So anyway, what else can I say about this? If you have high blood pressure, you know, obviously see your physician. Don't go off of your meds, but start scraping your tongue daily. In the beginning, you're going to see a very viscous beige liquid. Sometimes your tongue will bleed in the beginning, and keep scraping, not necessarily the first time, because your tongue actually will hurt a little bit. It could. It depends on how much inflammation there is on the dorsal side of the tongue. But um, And scrape as far back as you can. Yes, a lot of you, a lot of us have a gag reflex. You can, that in time will go away. You can train yourself properly. I would look at yourself scraping the tongue. That really helps with the gag reflex. Doing it without looking will set off that gag reflex even more. And if you have a tongue tie, you're more likely to get a gag reflex. If you're a mouth breather, perhaps that, that also. So there are a lot of ways to fix that. But anyway, scrape the tongue, get rid of the mouthwash. You'll see that beige liquid coming off. And within two to 12 days, you'll scrape once or twice and there will be no liquid or it'll be very clear. It'll look like a mucus, a, a clear mucus. And that is normal. You want mucus. You want mucus in your mouth. You want mucus in the lining of your throat. You want mucus in your mouth. You want saliva in your mouth. You're scraping off some 
saliva that has a slight different consistency than saliva that's free in the mouth. Again, saliva has different viscosities, slightly different pHs throughout the mouth, but that beige layer will go away and your breath will smell better. Your blood pressure will drop and you'll produce more, especially if you're over age 40, you'll be still, you'll go, you'll be going back to being able to produce NO. If you're just producing NO for your blood vessels as a young person, then maybe you'll up your NO production. You'll feel better. There are many benefits to NO, and certainly in terms of mood and, and strength and also exercise. Uh, there are a lot of people that are trying to improve their VO2 max, which is a gauge of how efficient you are uh, of, of using oxygen and oxygenating muscles and, and ex- the ability to exercise efficiently. And, but they're using mouthwash. They may not be scraping their tongue and you literally are reversing the benefits of exercise. If you are not, if you have those conditions, in other words, if you're the back of your tongue is dysbiotic, unbelievable, right? Again, these are all based on studies. I'm going to include about four or five studies. I'm going to include the link to the lozenges, beets and arugula. Those are my two favorites for beefing and the beet lozenges for beefing up. NO production. Of course, you can take all these things and eat them and eat well, but if you're using mouthwash or if you're not scraping your tongue and you have a dysbiotic furry layer, brown layer back there, it won't matter because you need those bugs to be in fighting shape in in, in a in a in a nice place where they can actually produce the NO. So so the you can't just eat well and you can't exercise a lot you you need to do you know do the whole thing make sure that your oral microbiome is is optimal is operating the way it should so all right the good news is that you can turn this around in 4 to 6 days just by scraping your tongue you can really make some big differences i have seen with my patients under the under the uh, direction of a physician where they've gone off of high blood pressure medication that's not always the case. It depends on what the etiology or the root source of, uh, root cause of high blood pressure is. But you can certainly, even though you do have a blood pressure, maybe you could bring down the amount of medication that you need. But again, this is all done with the guidance from your physician. But tell your physician that you're doing this and ask him, or, you know, when you measure your blood pressure, always check to see if there are changes based on behavioral uh, changes that you make, dietary changes you make. Uh, and, and oral hygiene, uh, habits that, that you're hopefully going to make after listening to me go on and on about nitric oxide. I've talked about it as being an endogenous prebiotic. That means it's a pre- prebiotic that your body makes. Bacteria in the mouth, the oral microbiome loves NO. Not all of them and not all in the same amount, but it really does help the good guys do their job and help keep the bad guys at in in their place. Again, you don't want to get rid of the bad guys. You cannot disinfect your way out of oral disease, like with mouthwash or with a strong toothpaste. But again, scraping your tongue, brushing, using the right toothpaste, stay away from emulsifiers and surfactants. Not many toothpastes out there that essentially a bentonite clay toothpaste is your only chance of not having a uh, emulsifier and surfactant. They're kind of down on the list, but they do disrupt the oral microbiome a lipid or a soap, an emulsifier will break a fatty lipid layer, which is what most cell walls, I think what all cell, cell walls are made up of. So, so you don't want that. And I haven't really seen a toothpaste that has a good remineralizing agent 
that also has a bentonite clay in it. There may be some other materials out there, but but if it has an SLS sodium lauryl sulfate in it or an SLS replacement or um, analog, again, it's like BPA. When BPA was considered to be bad for us, uh, the plastic manufacturers came out with a BPA-free version of that product, and it's just a different BPA, slightly different molecule. And they're doing the same thing with the SLS-free toothpaste. They're sourcing from coconuts. And again, if you if you take coconut oil, which is what we use in coconut uh, oil pulling, and you and this is how most pharmaceuticals are made. They're concentrated from something from nature, typically. A lot of the time they're synthesized and they're synthetic and they're unique compounds or molecules. But you can make coconut oil strip your mouth. Uh, you can refine it and distill it and, and, and make it very strong. So just because it has a natural source doesn't mean it's good for you. Okay, so eat well, scrape your tongue, eat the right foods that help you produce NO. Don't worry about at age 40, not being able to make it uh, via your endothelial cells. You can make enough by nose breathing and mouth taping will help with that. And also by tongue scraping. And again, throw away the mouthwash. Never look back. You do not need it. You're not missing out on anything. It's just not helpful. It's a liquid. It doesn't stick. It's not strong enough to remove a biofilm. That leads me to the last topic. So what is strong enough to remove biofilm other than brushing or flossing? These are the mechanical methods of of disrupting and breaking apart the biofilm. Again, we don't remove the biofilm. That's impossible. Uh, you'd have to strip it with a solvent. And of course, that's would be your your gums would be raw and bleeding within minutes. And it, it would take a long time to heal. That has happened to some people with homeopathic, natural, integrative mouthwashes because of the essential oils, the concentration of essential oils. They literally burned. This happened to a friend of mine, influencer out on the East Coast. He called me up. I thought I was using the right product. What happened? I can't talk. He couldn't, he couldn't get back on Instagram for, I think it was two and a half weeks. And we narrowed it down to the concentration of cinnamon oil and essential oil, which is very anti, uh, back, not anti, it's bactericidal. It's one of the strong ones. Anise being the least bactericidal. And this was put into a toothpaste. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Again, there's, there's no, regulation, uh, FDA regulation, other than how much fluoride is in toothpaste. It's it's a cosmetic product. Toothpaste, mouthwash, these are all cosmetic products, and that allows these corporations to run wild with their claims and putting in chemicals like triclosan. That was banned from California, thank goodness. Good for California. They got rid of microbeads and all these things that toothpaste companies were adding to toothpaste. And again, they're, the reason to add it had no scientific basis. And in fact, just like mouthwashes, it's actually making things worse. It's actually upping your incidence of decay, tooth decay, gum disease. It's costing you a lot of money, a lot of bad breath, a lot of pain, a lot of time in the dental chair. That shouldn't be the case. So, but anyway, there are new products coming out. Go to our website, askthedentist.com. All those products are tested and approved by me over many, many months or years of testing and also with patients that I've worked with. Few of the toothpastes have emulsifiers and surfactants. You always let me know about that. Thank you very much. But the people need that remineralizing agent. And so I'm okay with that, that down at the bottom worry of emulsifiers and surfactants. 
Good news, there is a toothpaste coming out by the end of this year that I think is perfect. Well, perfect is a strong word. There's nothing perfect. Perfect would be we don't need toothpaste because we're eating the perfect diet and not a Western diet, a manufactured diet, and we're not mouth breathing. And you know, just like our ancestors, they rarely got cavities. Anyway, but it is a toothpaste that I can stand behind 100% because it has the right amount, the therapeutic effect of a non-fluoride remineralizing agent. In other words, help reverse decay, prevent it. It helps the ionic integrity of saliva. Saliva is basically a supersaturated solution of minerals, mostly calcium, calcium minerals, hydroxyapatite, uh, which is what's in our teeth. No surprise there. That's where it all comes from. And that's how our teeth are able to remineralize and stay healthy and, and not dissolve in the mouth. And then, I mean, that's saliva. And so, and then the surfactants come along and the emulsifiers and they actually literally strip the oral mucosa and other parts at the floor of the mouth, for example, which is where a lot of homeopathic medication is taken up into the blood supply. The, the, these are semi-permeable borders, just like the gut, but the emulsifiers and surfactants actually make them more permeable. It's kind of like detergent, uh, sorry, the rinse aid in, in dishwashers. I just turned off my rinse aid. It's now set at zero. You can do that with most uh, dishwashers. I couldn't get it out of my dishwasher because I kept refilling the container. But I, under settings, I, I told the dishwasher not to add any because that does get into your gut. Again, an emulsifier surfactant, mostly a surfactant, so that your dishes are, and glassware is spot-free. I mean, ridiculous, right? For that convenience. And it is causing a disruption probably of your oral microbiome. No studies on that. But and I'll include this study, and there are several, but I just came across this. I had heard about this. I researched it, and boy, up front, within seconds, lots of great studies indicating that we should not be using that surfactant in our dishwasher. Uh, it does leave a film on the glass when you pour water in there, which is a universal solvent. You are disrupting your gut microbiome. Very likely the same for the oral microbiome. So easy, easy hack there. So anyway, the... I hope you understand now this link between high blood pressure and mouthwash. It's all about the oral microbiome. Again, no surprise. It's always about the oral microbiome when it comes to oral health. But in this case, it's also about systemic health. Two-thirds of us in this country have high blood pressure. Two-thirds of us are using mouthwash twice a day. Throw it away. Don't look back. And then see what happens. And start scraping your tongue. And turn off tell your dishwasher to stop squirting out all that surfactant. You don't need it. And you know what? My dishes are looking fine. And I clean all my crystal by hand just because I'm very picky. And I worry about the taste of detergent and and the surfactant that could affect the wine that I'm drinking, that my friends are drinking when we're drinking wine. So silly, I know. We love our little conveniences. We love our tech. All this high-tech stuff we think is so cool and it makes our life easier. What has it actually done to our lives? Mouthwash is a perfect example of, of that very scary thought. Uh, it has made our lives much worse. Thanks for listening. Um, if you don't have a dentist that's discussing these matters with you and asking you what kind of mouthwash you're, you're using and then telling you to throw it away, for example, and there are many other things, they're not Addressing the oral microbiome when it comes to any aspect of your treatment, when it comes to oral health, even cavities, even the heart tissues, the fill and drill aspect of it, 
uh, you're seeing the wrong dentist. Not addressing the oral microbiome, not testing for the oral microbiome. I'm a big fan of testing. There's one test that I, I think is the best. It's the bristle test. It's again on in our uh, website store. Your dentist should be testing. They should be looking at what are the actual bacterial counts in your mouth. And again, by doing that, even though you're in perfect health, you're not getting cavities, you have no bleeding upon provocation. When you floss, you don't bleed. When you brush, you don't bleed. Your back of your tongue looks great. You're producing nitric oxide. You don't have halitosis. That's a sign of dysbiosis of the oral microbiome. That's a symptom of di oral disease. Uh, all of those things, then you could still have some issues. Uh, by testing, you're going to find out early on what you're prone to getting, whether it's gum disease or halitosis. And then you can do things to, to, to help with that. You can start eating the right foods for NO production. The bristle has a halitosis score, which would relate to everything we just talked about with scraping your tongue to lower blood pressure to help the, these bacteria that help produce NO and, and also to, to kind of help revitalize the oral microbiome so that it can do its job. Anyway, testing is important. Just throw away the mouthwash, up those NO levels, talk to your dentist about this, assuming that they're a functionally provided, a functional provider or functionally minded. And then if you don't have one, go to our directory. Not all areas are being served by a functional dentist yet. I'll put those links in the show notes. It is askthedentist.com slash directory. And again, thank you so much for joining me. The Max Lugavir episode, again, very excited to be with him, talking with him, hanging out with him for a while. That is breaking probably around the same time that you're seeing this. So look for it. It's the Genius Life podcast. And we talked kind of all things for about an hour and 10 minutes, all things oral health, oral microbiome, and he's going to test and and get back to us on what he found. I mean, again, you can be very healthy, and I've done this several times. There are things that pop up of, of interest. So anyway, thank you for your interest in oral health. I hope this was helpful. Thanks. Great to see you again. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com if you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes